Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning to the, and welcome to the Tech Central TCS Plus show. It is super to have Anna Collard back in the studio today. I'm James Erasmus, and Anna Collard is the Senior Vice President and Evangelist of Content for No Before Africa. Anna, thank you. No Before Africa have just published a fascinating report called Cybersecurity and Awareness 2023. And that's what we're here to talk about. And our listeners are fascinated to understand and, and know more about cybersecurity, but quite specifically here on the African continent. Tell us more about that report, please, Anna. Yeah, hi, James, and thanks so much um, to everyone listening in. It's good to be back. So what we do um, once a year in December, we go out and survey about 800 people across seven different African countries. And um, those are consumers or people that... Um, they are employed, so that's one of the prerequisites. So they have to be employed. Um, most of them use smartphones, so maybe they're not necessarily a clear representation of your typical African person, but they sort of employed people that use technology. And um, even though it's just, yeah, it's, it's about 100 users uh, per country. Um, so again, it's just like sort of a, a very small sample, but it, it does give us an indication um, and we've done this four times, so in the last four years, it gives us an indication of sort of a, maybe just a, a trend or a, a, a small insight into, you know, what the lay of the land is amongst the, the people themselves and how they perceive cybersecurity and what kind of threats do they come across, etc. And it's quite interesting um, to look at that over the years and um, sort of, you know, provide some reports from an African point of view, mm. African perspective. And then for someone who's read the report, I was fascinated to see some of the stats that jumped out. But quite, a, quite importantly, as a South African and, and, and an African, I was glad to see that the, the, there's an eclectic mix of different countries that wouldn't, necess wouldn't necessarily assume um, one country should or should, shouldn't be included or discluded. But, you know, if, and I mentioned South Africa, Botswana, Egypt, Ghana, Kenya, Morocco, Mauritius, and Nigeria were some of the other countries that were, 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 were surveyed. And it was fascinating to, and we'll get into some of the stats, but it was fascinating to see that there is such a large portion of those business and internet users who don't really see or perceive a very high risk of cybersecurity to themselves and their businesses. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what the report has shown is that the respondents do say, I think it's about 70%, do say they are concerned about um, the cybersecurity risk, but they don't quite understand it. Okay. So, like, to, to um, qualify that, like, for example, we have one of the, the questions are, you know, how confident are you to pick up a security incident? Now, I've, I've worked in cyber for 20 years, and I'm can tell you, no, I'm not confident at all, because if there's some, you know, sophisticated uh, sort of threat, you will not pick that up. Um, but, you know, to the average Joe, so, so, so a lot of the, the respondents said, no, no, they're quite confident. I think it's nearly half of them said they are very confident that they would pick up a security incident. But in the same token, I think 60% of them didn't know what ransomware was, for example, which is something that's, um, you know, it's a, it's a threat that's been reported on in, in sort of the mass media quite a lot. Um, so what we've 
deduced from that is this problem of sort of unconscious incompetence is that on the one hand side you know uh, people think that they understand it they they are somewhat concerned about it but they they think that they would you know identify it and they're quite sort of confident about their own abilities but in the same token they actually admit that they don't understand it um and yeah i, th I think also what that talks to us from an industry point of view where we have to take responsibility is that maybe we've done a good job in creating more awareness and fear and, you know, like um, yeah. sort of the whole fat kind of fear, uncertainty, doubt kind of thing. But we, we're not teaching people practical steps and giving them advice on what to do about it. And mm. that's something we have to do better, you know, mm. as an industry. Mm. And, and, and also from an early age, I think for someone like you with young children, you're always teaching people to engage in a practice so that when they grow up, they are more aware of it, you know, discarding litter on the street. Similarly, in looking at cybersecurity, what to look out for? What are those, what are those markers? What are the identifiers? Which, as you rightly have said before, are becoming more and more and more complex. And the social engineering behind them means that oftentimes what you assume to be perfectly innocent is actually incredibly malicious. Yeah, and, and I, I say that a lot, is that I, I believe being, you know, sort of savvy in how to conduct yourself online or understanding cyber safety, cyber security, that's no longer a tech skill, it's a life skill, because Good our point. lives are, you know, we in, intermeshed with technology all the time. So, you know, you mentioned that you teach your children how to be smart on the streets and stranger danger and all of these kind of things, yes. and we should do exactly the same type of awareness with um, the technologies that they're exposed mm. to and, and make it sort of second nature to, um, you know, be critical, be vigilant, mm. um, apply critical thinking. And the, the good thing, though, is that if we understand that, and you mentioned social engineering, you know, social engineering is this the psychological hacking of our emotions. And that's actually something that, um, because a lot of people are sort of fatigued, they're like, oh, my God, this is so complicated, I will never be able mm. to teach my children how to navigate and I don't even understand it myself, but because social engineering is a human threat, we can then also appeal to people who are not technical to tap into their human intelligence and just use sort of a mindfulness practice and slowing down and just, um, you know, whatever is incoming, whether that's a, a phone call, whether that's, uh, the super special crypto offer, whatever it might be, you know, to just not react, particularly not if if your emotions are triggered, and and slowly, you know, try and sort of apply to your executive functioning and your reasoning, and um, literally not trust anything, and then be slow in your response. Don't just react to a emotion that might be triggered on purpose, because that's what social engineering is all about. Absolutely. Now, if you don't mind me just cap capturing on that point, it's about complexity. Is th there's a there's a, a level of fearfulness in the system where where people are anxious about how complex cybersecurity is as a topic. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Know Before Africa does incredibly well is actually just bring a bit of um, pace, slow down that pace of of information. And I think the report that we're talking about today does exactly that. It isn't incredibly complex. It isn't a difficult read. And it's broken down into very manageable bite-sized pieces. It, and it can be consumed by anybody who's listening to today's show. 
Yeah, thanks, James. And it's also, it, it's like a, I think we'll put the link in the show notes. It's an ungated report. You know, you don't have to type any details. You can just download it. And um, what we try to do is is not just give you the perspective that that end user view, which is the, the survey we run every December, but uh, we've also included results from other surveys and polls that we run throughout the year. So another one that I found quite interesting is, for example, um, how much do people... Um, you know, dabble in the crypto space and how many of, 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 of us have been scammed. And I thought that was really fascinating that, and unfortunately, you know, these, these crypto scammers are targeting countries in Africa in particular. And um, with this whole notion of, oh, let's bank the unbanked and, you know, like a lot of sure. sort of sounding to, you know, sounding very good kind of, um, I don't know, like objectives or goals, but um, quite a large percentage of the people that responded, I think it was over 30% said that they've either come across a crypto scam themselves Mm -hmm. and then 60% know somebody who has fallen for a crypto scam. And that's a large proportion of the people that responded. It is. And and I've actually written here, one in three, so a third of your audience that were surveyed um, of those uh, as employees Click on suspicious links, emails, and fraudulent requests. Or ha- have clicked. That's yes, and and I mean this. That is not that's the stat that goes way beyond that um, eight hundred users. So that's mm. a stat that okay. we see from the platform that we roll out, where we have over six billion users, and um, I don't know how many there are in Africa, but it's in the hundreds of thousands. So yeah, the the one in three is still quite a concerning. Um, stat. It's not just the African stat, by the way. This is like a global average okay. that if you haven't Thanks. been trained yet, um, if you haven't conducted any sort of awareness yeah. training yet um, in your user environment, then mm. one out of three of your employees is very much likely to click on a on a phishing um, no, attack or phishing uh, email. Yeah, no, it it's is, and that's why it explains why the the bad guys or the the criminals adversaries are using that right because mm. it's so easy mm. i mean it's much easier to trick a human than try to break through sophisticated security technology and, and one of the things the report talked about was how unlike many other countries african countries tend to use mediums such as or channels such as whatsapp for business communication mm. and yes. clicking on a on a phishing scam or a link or something you shouldn't click on in whatsapp is as bad as assuming it's protected by your email servers yeah, and I mean, there's a there's a couple of concerns that come with that, and I mean, you you probably also. I mean, I know I do a lot of actually work related things on WhatsApp, which I probably shouldn't, but it's just how it's culturally so right. immersed. You know, I talk to my customers on WhatsApp mm. um, because I can't get hold of them mm. uh, on email. You know, I, yeah. I know that some of our partners in Africa they only communicate on WhatsApp, and you know, apart from the fact that, the, you know, the threat that you just mentioned, you know, WhatsApp is a consumer product. It has been, um, there, there are quite a lot of scams and sort of attacks uh, from a cyber uh, crime point of view. But apart from that, there's also the notion that, you know, the, the Facebook or the meta companies in their TNCs, they say this is not, this is not meant to be used for non-consumer uh, purposes. So, you know, if you, I don't know, exchange company sensitive information, that yes, it's encrypted and all of that, but um, technically, the the Facebook Meta group has mm. maybe a right to access that. The sure. other thing is that because it's 
we use it so much for personal um, purposes as well is that you never allow that that employee to really switch off yeah. because you know like on the weekend I, I use it for my family groups but now i still see the work thing in there so it's very difficult to have yeah. that boundary and it can lead to mental health issues so i think just in general it's it's interesting to see how much whatsapp is ingrained in our daily lives on the continent and that maybe that's something um if you do run a company um and you haven't done so yet i know the big corporates obviously have policies for that already but um to consider using a, an alternative that you can also mm. switch off on the weekend or you can keep your your company yeah. data and your people's Correct. personal data separate yeah there are two critical topics you're talking about then the one is you know keeping company data separate from private um and the other is the 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 busyness that we're experiencing that having all your content on in whatsapp creates such risk for context switching that you jump between mm. you know please pick up some milk versus you know click on this link yes. um and, yeah. and, I, and i think we need all need to be very very cautious of that and by engaging in training, by reading reports, by, by informing ourselves, we're at least being somewhat proactive as opposed to reactive when we're crying and, and, and have you know, ransomware against our, our company data and information. Um, and we need to remain consistently vigilant day and night. So I, I was fascinated yeah. to read what the report was talking about and how the continuity of the last four or five years we've been doing this report definitely talks about the fact that we haven't necessarily learned from our the last three or four years and improved drastically. And the attacks are not diminishing. They're not going away. If anything, they're probably ramping up and getting smarter. Yeah, exactly. Particularly with, um, you know, criminals having access to emerging technologies such as, um, you know, the large language models or the AI, um, you know, like ChatGPT, you know, have yeah. a what's called warm GPT, which is like a, the same functionality without limitations, without um, any sort of controls is now available to criminals to use and automate a lot of their social engineering attacks. So whereas in the past, I would have to manually research you, let's say, James, to write a phishing email that makes it more successful or more, more likable for you to click on. Now I can use, uh, with the click of a button, I can use this chatbot that does it for me, you know, and, and this is being license to criminals to use so yeah. you don't need to have skills you just mm. need to know how to get access to this and then um use it for your own nefarious purposes and and, and they're doing it at scale theory. at scale exactly mm. and much more efficient like effective because now the chatbot can do the research for them and it can create something mm. that's that's customized for the target without the manual intervention right and then um, the other thing that's scary as well, and this is part of, of uh, one of the one of the polls or the questions, the surveys that we ran as well last year was, you know, how many of the users or the people actually understand what deepfake technology is? How many how many of our people do question when they get, you know, when they see a, a photograph or a video, is this real? Um, and again, it's quite frightening that obviously a lot of them, I think it was 50, 60 percent said they've heard of the term deepfake technology and as I sort of came across it, but a lot of them don't. And they still take information that they see on social media, by the way, uh, on face value. And um, obviously with these, uh, particularly, uh, you know, distributed by WhatsApp, these grandparent scams where the bad guys or the, the, the criminals use um, 
AI-driven technology or, or you know, um, sort of uh, um, generative AI to create, um, you know, deep fake versions of, for example, you know, your, your kid. Um, and then you, you, all you need is three seconds of, of somebody's voice and you can recreate whatever you want. And you leave these messages saying, hey, I'm in, I'm, I'm in a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in trouble. I need some money, please, being sent to their grandparents or their parents. And yeah. if it sounds like your kid or your grandchild, you know, people will react because, again, it triggers the emotions, right? So we have to have way more um, practical techniques and awareness that teaches people how to not fall for that. And a lot of it is actually not technical. It's more about, hang on a second, maybe I need a code word with my family that if and when something sure. happens don't know that code word then um it might be a scam or mm. who do i call to verify or just in general if anyone even your loved ones asking for money you have to like you know see them face to face don't even sure. trust videos so, sure. yeah brave new world, uh, brave new world. Um, and you and i have talked about this before and i think the more we do talk about this the more we are creating that 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 continuous reinforcement of the logic and we're we're urging our, our listeners and the, and, our, and friends and families and colleagues of our listeners to actually spend a bit of time unpacking a topic that arguably you may not assume is going to affect you directly or your family directly until it does. And I think a lot of the training and the awareness that No Before Africa does is exactly that, and it's packaged in the right way that it that that allows allows anyone to be a consumer of your content. And again, I say that report is is exactly that. Um, it's well indexed. It's easy to consume, and it it definitely speaks to to topics that perhaps haven't necessarily been all that deeply researched. You know, cybersecurity in the metaverse, for example. You know, I think there's a, there's a there's a lot in there that's worth exploring, and just yeah, forewarning yourself and, and your colleagues about. Yeah, thanks so much, James. And that's also something that, um, you know, I'd love to get feedback from your listeners in terms of is there a topic that they would like to see, you know, something that we should reach out to the users, including our customers, and and, and ask them to get some insights. I mean, obviously, AI is currently the buzzword. We will do, we will run a survey very shortly, um, but there might be other topics that are of interest. So always happy to get feedback to see how we can expand the research. I love that. Thanks, Anne. I think we're, we're, we're challenging the listener at TCS Plus to, <laughs> to give the report some thought, see what it may be missing, see what you'd like to, to explore further, and really dive into the topic and get back to Anna with some, some ideas, questions, concerns of your own, because Nova for Africa are just in such a great position to be, as, as they call themselves, the world-leading security awareness training and simulated phishing platform. And that's why they've produced this report. And that's why the experts like Anna are there to hear us and listen to us and just give us that sound advice from a really practical level. So Anna, thank you very, very much for joining us here at Tech Central today. Thoroughly enjoyed this conversation as always. And we thoroughly look forward to many, many more. Thanks so much, James. And thanks uh, to everyone listening in.